0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Harbor Speaks. As many of you may know, the current 15th District's LA City Councilman Joe Busciano will be finishing his last term. Today, we're going to talk with Tim McCoyster, one of the candidates running for Councilman of the 15th District. I'm Mike Carrera. For 40 years, I worked in the nonprofit field. During this time, I noticed there are hundreds of nonprofits, organizations, and individuals providing positive programs and activities that are making a difference in their community my mission is twofold to inform the community of these programs and individuals and to recruit support for these organizations and individuals in a minute we'll be talking with tim mcoyster candidate for la city council we'll be right back hey welcome back everybody i am here with 15 district candidate
1: tim mcosker Tim, how
0: are you doing?
1: I'm very well, Mike. How are you today? Good, good. <laughs>
0: good. I really appreciate you your showing up here today. You know, this is the final term of our previous sure. councilman. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what do you see as some of the things that we can do to improve our, our area?
1: Oh, fantastic. Thank you for that question. So when Joe decided to run for mayor is why he steps out of the city council race, and I got a lot of encouragement from folks to to run for this, uh, for cd 15. I think what we're facing in CD15 and what we're facing in the harbor is really the same as what we're facing across the city. the 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 challenge of homelessness and the affordability of ho- uh, affordability of housing is just extraordinary. And in addition, I'll come back to that. But in addition, we have the with the pandemic, we've had such a hit on our local economy. I mean, everywhere across the city, but particularly here in the harbor area, we really need to focus on the recovery of the economy. And I also think that as we come out of this pandemic, we're experiencing an increase in crime and we need to come up with strategies to address crime and to do it in a way where we partner with the public and solving uh, sort of the, the challenges in each of our communities. Do you have any uh,
0: experience in working with these things, sir?
1: Well, I do. I have a lot of experience through my career. Um, When I was, uh, I grew up here in the Harbor area, and when I got out of law school, I actually went right into representing cities as city attorney. So my first job out of law school was I represented a lot of small cities around L.A. County, and I got to know Jim Hahn. A lot of folks will remember the great Jim Hahn, who was our city attorney, and uh, Uh, Jim Hahn, later Mayor Hahn, brought me in as his chief deputy city attorney and I served a term with him while I was working in city hall in city attorney work where we worked on issues of housing and public safety and economic development as well as all the legal issues of the city and then when Jim Hahn became mayor he brought me over as his chief of staff so I had that experience of working both as the lawyer for the jurisdiction and then when I became the chief of staff in the mayor's office being, you know, one of the administrators assisting Jim Hahn in running the city.
0: You know, you know I don't want to give my age away, but I knew Jim Hahn's dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, so did I, actually. What a wonderful... Actually, when I first met Kenny Hahn, the great, great, great Kenny Hahn, I was doing city attorney work for small jurisdictions like Santa Clarita and Lomita and Bellflower and El Segundo. I did those on contract. I was either the city attorney or the assistant city attorney. I was at a conference and I met the great Kenny Hahn at a Contract Cities conference, and he told me then, he goes, you, kid, he, I was a young guy, you, kid, need to meet my son. You need to meet Jimmy Hahn. He's the city attorney, and you should work with him.
0: Oh. Well, <laughs> well, i tell you, when I when, when I met him, I was 13. I was, uh, he was dedicating our Little League Baseball Park, uh, Victoria Park in Carson, I remember that. Oh, yeah. And it was a big deal for me. You know, shook my hand, everything, talked to me, and real dedication. Uh, you know, I knew he was the guy that brought the... The Dodgers over here.
1: He yes, know. Kenny Hahn was Kenny Hahn was a just a consummate community politician in the best sense of the word. I mean he brought the Dodgers, he brought his paramedics, he he was at every event, he welcomed um, you know, he just welcomed every, he he was welcoming to every community in his district. He was a fantastic, fantastic elected official. Yeah, I can get off and talk, talk about <laughs> him for hours, but, you know, I, I really, this is your interview, so,
0: okay, thank you. So, tell me about some of the current work you're doing.
1: Sure, well, um, when I left City Hall, um, I, I resumed my law practice, and I spent years representing private parties in front of the government, and so I represented private parties in things like housing developments and... I worked on legislation, I worked on a number of projects to assist clients in front of the government. But most recently, uh, one of my clients was Altacy at the Port of Los Angeles. And Altacy is a nonprofit. and I provided pro bono, low bono assistance to them to help out, to help Altacy with their negotiations with the Port of LA. And fell in love with the project and got to know the staff and the board actually brought me on as the uh, CEO. So wow. for the past few years, I've been the CEO of Alta sea at the Port of Los Angeles. So what is their main mission? So our mission is uh, ocean sustainability and growing the blue economy, which is the economy of the sustainable use of the ocean. What we did at Alta sea is as a 501c3, as a nonprofit, we took a lease from the port of 35 acres of property that covers 50 years. And it's at something that used to be called City Dock One, or it's still called City Dock One, but now it's Sea at the Port of LA. It's by Warehouse One in on the San Pedro side. And that 35 acres has a quarter million square feet of warehouse. And in that warehouse space, we're reconditioning the property and we're bringing in companies that have work in the ocean that has sustainable use of the ocean. So it's things like aquaculture or ocean farming and blue robotics and energy creation out of kinetic wave energy, things like that that can create jobs, that can create economic development and that can also help us sustain the ocean for future generations.
0: That's good.
1: It's really good. It's really fun.
0: If we get uh, uh, future jobs out of this, then Mm -hmm. that'd be great. Is there Going to be some type of training set up for the, the jobs?
1: I'm glad you asked that. Um, there is, because these are new emerging jobs in a, an economy that really doesn't exist, industries that don't exist in any big sense here in the United States, we're also working with some institutions to create job training. For example, there's a, a dean, Dean um, Tricia Ramos at Santa Monica City College. She's responsible for job and workforce development at Santa Monica City College and we're partnering with her right now to develop a curriculum that can be taught at Alticea with our companies for aquaculture or ocean farming. And the idea is that while these industries emerge, we want to create a pathway for kids, particularly local kids, to be able to engage in these new jobs that may be be a way for them to have a career and keep their families here and to to have more generations of families enjoy the wealth and the opportunities of our harbor.
0: That sounds real good. Are there any other organizations you're dealing with?
1: Well, we partner, the the way we work at Alticea is we partner with organizations. And so we are working with the Boys and Girls Clubs of the Harbor, for example. We're working with a new entity called Crypto Kids. It's a a youth development opportunity out of Inglewood. We're working with Santa Monica City College. Um, The idea is that what we want to do is we want to be a hub with all of the spokes working together, whether it's at the junior college level, at the junior high school level, whether it's other nonprofits, and have everybody contribute the assets that they have. Sometimes it's going to be educational assets. Sometimes it's going to be just access to kids. Uh, other times it's going to be access to companies and training in those companies. So yes, we are. Our intention is to work with everybody. It sounds great. Yeah. It sounds great. It's a big. It's a big lift, but it's a lot of fun, and it's it's certainly a worthwhile lift.
0: So have you had very much success out of this? How how long have you been there?
1: I've been there about three years um, and uh, we have had a lot of success. Our educational programs, interestingly enough, during the pandemic, our educational programs expanded exponentially. And I think some people have had this experience of when we went into pandemic, and, and there was a lot of tragedy in the pandemic, but one of the things we had to do is get creative. So we took all of our live programming and we were in classrooms and we were doing classroom learning at the, at the Alta Sea site and we were doing open houses at the Alta C site. What we needed to do because of the pandemic was to go virtual and go online. And we went, when we put all of our programming online, it gave us the opportunity to reach more kids to reach more people, and so we're seeing more kids in LA Unified School District, and we're seeing more folks online, and we're having more success in the outreach and education towards the sustainable blue economy.
0: Well, talking about education, I, you, you went to University of Notre Dame. <laughs> I did. Uh, to me, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, you, we live in USC territory, <laughs> I know. but uh, Notre Dame has always been one of my favorite schools. No, think After, after SC, of course. But, right. <laughs> but what made you attend uh, uh, Notre Dame?
1: So I was born and raised here in the Harbor area, and my grandmother was an Irish immigrant. And uh-huh. as an Irish immigrant uh, living on North Leland Street in San Pedro, and she and her husband were uh, worked were in uh, Holy Trinity Parish and worked towards building that school. And my dad went to Holy Trinity School, and for one of the fir- the first graduating class. My grandmother didn't have a lot of connection to the states because she was so new to this country. And literally, she was scouring the dial, the radio dial, on a Saturday, and she heard this this co- football contest, and one team was called the Fighting Irish, ah. and she just fell in love with the idea of a team called the Fighting Irish. And she taught my dad to love Notre Dame. My dad grew up here. He became he didn't did not go to Notre Dame. He became a, a L.A. city firefighter, but in his mind. Notre Dame was the place. He was a what they call a subway alum, and he taught all of his kids to love Notre Dame. And I had the opportunity was, as he raised us to um, go to college, and so I went to the University of Notre Dame.
0: Wow, <laughs> how many brothers and sisters you?
1: Well, there's six of us. Six. Yeah, five boys, five boys, and one girl. My two older brothers were also L.A. City firefighters, and then I. I I had all the opportunities they had, but I took the wrong turn and became a lawyer. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and there were three younger than me.
0: Wow! Wow, that, that that's awesome. Jeez. So there's six of you. There were six of us too mm-hmm. in, my, in my family. Uh, but you know, we had a, a and I actually went to Holy Trinity too oh. to our parents to our parents' divorce, and mm-hmm. then had, we had a real, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: real poor time in our life. You know, mm-hmm. hard time, but. Uh, I've always been involved in the community I mean you know like I, I learned how to swim at the Y
1: right
0: I learned how to play pool at the uh at the uh, boys club and was at the boys club and that's yes. the boys' and Girls club in san Pedro. and but I'm looking at these and it's always been individuals and organizations outside that help these nonprofits right so how, how much do you think you'd be involved with the nonprofits as a
1: councilman? I think I would be very involved with all of the nonprofits uh, that, particularly, I, I, you know, you, you talk about how nonprofits contribute to the sort of the value and the richness of our environment. And I grew up much the same way you did. Uh, I, my dad uh, was important for him. To put us into the boys' club, and it was called the boys' club mm-hmm. back then, and biddy basketball, and learning a little bit about boxing, and I learned to swim at the Y. It was the YWCA back when they had a pool in San Pedro, and I think the ethic in our family, like in yours, has always been to participate in all of the organizations in and around your community. And if you have free time, you coach a team, uh, or you you know work with the you know work with one of the organizations that are bringing kids up. And it's sort of embedded in my DNA that these are the organizations that create a rich and vibrant and healthy community. When I was involved with the, um, the San Pedro Chamber of Commerce, I was the, uh, the chair of the Chamber of Commerce, we actually formed something in the chamber called the um, Nonprofit Collaborative where we invited all of the nonprofits to come together and we did educational programs for the nonprofits on important things for them like finance and reporting but then we also did conferences where we came together, pre-pandemic of course, where we shared information so that we were all helping one another to get to our goals, whether it was in the arts or in education or in sports or in mental health or in homelessness, because our nonprofit organizations in this community, in this whole Harbor area, do so much work to support and add to what the government can do, and sometimes the government can't do, I feel that that same ethic and belief I'll take to the council office, and I'll work closely with the nonprofits and make sure that we're creating opportunities for direct funding and to ease uh, red tape, and to help organizations do the kinds of things like you do at the teen center with the food distribution and in better times when we're not in a pandemic to give kids an opportunity to do something after school, to study, to um, you know be athletic, uh, to learn values, I mean I think those are extraordinarily important part of our community.
0: So the the things that I I hear in the community is is most concerns is jobs. Mm-hmm. The second is uh homelessness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I I'd, I'd like to know what you think you can do about the homeless situation here.
1: I think on the the homeless situation requires us to act with even greater urgency. I know our Councilman Joe Buscaino has acted with urgency, but I think across the city we have to act with greater urgency and we need to focus on two things at once. We need to focus on shelter, creating more shelter and being more creative and more imaginative about how we create shelter. And the shelter can be the bridge home, it can be renovation of existing structures that are that are currently empty and maybe underused, uh, because we can do those more quickly at a lower price point. I think that we need to look at um, op- options like uh, the tiny homes and pallet homes, and I think we need to talk to the community every step of the way as we do that. At the same time, and that will, and by the way, that will give us an opportunity to bring people off of the sidewalks and out of the parks. Extraordinarily important. But at the same time, we need to keep our eye on creating permanent housing. That can be permanent supportive housing for folks that need it, but it can also be permanent housing that is you know, not necessarily the support of permanent housing, but just permanent housing for folks that are just looking for an opportunity to be able to afford a you know, cheaper you know, uh, entrance into the home market, into the rental market. And we need to use those dollars that we have from those two measures that the voters passed. H and HHH, we need to use it in a way where we're doing shelter with urgency and keep the pipeline full on permanent supportive housing and other permanent options.
0: The, the schools, they seem to, especially in the 15th district, at H say this about public schools because mm-hmm. I actually worked in them, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, when we were giving out scores, we always seem to have the lowest scores, especially in the south area.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is there anything you would do to help improve those scores?
1: Well what the city can do with uh, the school district is just be in partnership. We don't, we we at the city don't run the schools but we but we have important intersections for after-school programs for example. And We know that after-school programs uh, create an opportunity for kids to stay focused on school, stay out of trouble. Big risk moment for kids is that three o'clock until their parents get home from work and if there is a way for us to support things like a teen center Boys and Girls Clubs, uh, wise so that kids have opportunities to be engaged in good, safe activities after school. That's probably the most immediate thing that the city can do to support the school district. There are also, I mean, one of the risk factors for kids in the South or anywhere in the school district is, you know, do they have stable housing? I mean, if we come back to shelter and permanent housing, if we if kids have stable housing, they're going to do better in school. If kids have, if their parents have access to jobs, and having access to jobs gives them access to, you know, good, healthy foods, that also, you know, affects the way kids perform in school. And so I think that the city of Los Angeles has a lot of secondary effects on education, but those are important effects.
0: Why do you think you're
1: the best person for this job? Well, that's a great question. (laughs) You're assuming I think I am, and I do think I am, Uh, because at at this stage in my life I've had so many experiences with the issues that are important to us you know I came up through the school system and had an opportunity to get a law education which I think is important to the intersection of government and uh, governmental service and education and then I also had the opportunity to represent small cities around LA County I've had the opportunity to represent the city of Los Angeles as city attorney and I've been in the mayor's office since those direct engagements with the city of Los Angeles. I've also been on the outside as a private lawyer representing individuals and companies and entities in front of the government. So I have that perspective from the outside, but working closely. And most recently, I've worked in the nonprofit sector. So I feel that I've had every experience and have a 360 degree view of the opportunities with government and the challenges for government.
0: Someone was sold by your your story and wanted to be... Uh, helping you. What? What? How would they do that? What can they do for you?
1: Well, fantastic. Thanks for asking that. The quickest way to get information on me is to go to Tim com, and that will take one to a site where they can either endorse or donate. And we are about 12 months away from the primary and so one can expect that in a few months we will begin as the economy opens up and as society opens up and we can be in physical presence of each other we'll begin having events and so if they could look to timmcosker.com, they can see you know what's the most recent news on the campaign and they can uh, see what are opportunities to volunteer and to be part of this local government and that site will also take them to Twitter and Facebook pages where they can get recent announcements about endorsements and about new developments in the campaign. So let me hear that one more time. Tim McCosker. T-I-M-M-C-O-S-K-E-R.com.
0: Tim okay, well, I want to thank you for being here today. That's very interesting what you, we've been talking about. I want to thank everybody for listening. If you have a program or activity or event that you would like to Present on Harbor Speaks, send me an email at harborspeakspodcast at gmail.com or give me a call, 310 947 5301.
1: Thanks, Mike Herrera, for your service to this community and to Harbor for doing Harbor oh, Speaks. Thank you for being here today. Really appreciate it. Thank you.